Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How to Bounce Back from Literally Anything. This week, we're going to talk about something that I am very familiar with, that I have been through a million times, and that is breakups with both friends and boyfriends. So I think it's only fitting if I tell you guys about the worst breakup that I ever went through. So for the purposes of this story, we'll call this boyfriend Jack. And to give you guys some context, Jack and I had been together for two years Um, We were dating for that long. And then prior to that, we were best friends for quite a while. I was really close to this whole entire family. It was a pretty healthy relationship for the most of it. I was really happy. He treated me amazing, like a queen. And he stayed with me when I got diagnosed and when I was in the hospital for about four months. But when he decided to end things was when I was septic on my hospital bed. I remember texting Jack that night and just being like, I'm really not doing well. That was like the worst place that I had ever been in mentally. And I knew that I could rely on him for that kind of support. So I texted him and I said, I knew that like the vibes were off and he was like definitely distancing himself. And I said, can you just like love me for like one second? I really, really need it right now. And I sent that from my hospital bed, literally sobbing. I didn't know what else to hold on to. So I turned to Jack for support. And he literally replied to me and he said, I'm sorry, I just can't do this right now. And that's when my heart literally sunk and I was like, wait a minute, is he going to break up with me? And to my surprise, he asked for a break that night while I was in the hospital, literally dying. And that night I just like was in shock and I was a mess. And I thought to myself, you know, so many things have gone wrong and I've lost so much because of this disease in the last four months. But if there's one thing that I can hold on to, it's Jack. And that's like the one piece of my old healthy self that I can carry into this new life. So then I was just lying there in my hospital bed, literally spiraling, wondering if this part of my life is gone to, what am I gonna do? I would say that Jack was very much like the flotation device that I needed while I was in the middle of the ocean, literally drowning. He was the one thing that I was holding on to. So when I felt the breakup coming, I was like, if this happens, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And I don't know how I can move on from here. That's what I was thinking. And then I open up my phone and I pull up Snapchat and Jack had thrown a party that night and he was doing shots with his friends and playing Pong. And that was like a very big reality check for me on how much I really meant to him to be in this situation, literally in a hospital bed, and for him to be partying as if that weren't happening to his girlfriend of two years. I honestly never thought that Jack would be the type to break up with me in this situation, um, let alone to break up with me at all. The following day, I decided to call him and I asked him, like, you know, we had our space, like, can I talk to you for a second? And then we called and I just, like, explained to him, like, I know that the situation is, like, not ideal, but, like, I really do love you and, like, I really do need you here. And I literally begged him to stay. And he said, I can't do this right now. I'm really sorry. But I just don't think we can be together anymore. And I literally died on the inside when he said that. I didn't know how to move on. I didn't know how to carry on with my life. I think that was the lowest that I ever was because one of my main concerns when I got the ostomy was like, how am I going to have a love life with this? How am I going to even date with this? What about sex? You know, all those like relationship related questions, but they were all solved because I was in an active relationship and I knew that if there was anyone that would help me through this, it would be Jack. And then all of a sudden he wasn't there anymore. So from that moment on, I had to learn to not only navigate my life with this new ostomy and with this new diagnosis, but I also had to learn to live my life without Jack. 
So I was literally starting from square one and I was basically rebuilding myself. And let me just say that that was the most horrifying experience of my life because I've always been an anxious attacher and I've always liked secure relationships and I never really liked being on my own at all, actually. I hated being on my own. Um, so when he left, we obviously cut contact entirely. I think he tried to reach out the week after that we broke up and he told me that he like really thought about it and he still thinks that we shouldn't be together, but he does want to be friends. And I was just so hurt by what he did. And I honestly hated him so hard because I just couldn't understand how someone that loved you that much could hurt you that hard. So that conversation didn't really go well. And we obviously fought and it was just a lot of back and forth. Like, how could you leave me during this time? And he was like, but I had to do it for myself. And that's just constantly what he was saying. He was like, I had to do it for myself. And I just like, didn't understand. How could you do this? That's so selfish of you. But after that conversation, I realized that the person that I was waiting to come back was no longer there. And that the same trauma that I dealt with affected him too. And that waiting around was only going to waste my time and that he would never really come back. And even if he did come back, it wouldn't be the same. So I decided that I needed to move on. And I would be lying if I said that I moved on overnight. That's not true. That was probably the most alone that I ever felt. Most of my friends left me when I got sick as well. So to no longer have Jack was truly the end of the world for me. I had my family, but I didn't have friends that I could like go to for support. And that's always been huge for me. I've always been the type of girl to have a lot of friends and all of a sudden I had none. And so I spent my days after the breakup recovering from literally all the trauma that I had been through in the hospital and also the trauma of being abandoned by Jack. So for those months that we were no contact, I literally had dreams with him every single night. And this happens to me every single time that I break up with a friend or a boyfriend, I always have a reoccurring dream with them where I confront them in different scenarios and I tell them everything that I wish I could say to them now or that I should have said to them then. And I had that same reoccurring dream with Jack every single night, literally just me telling him like, I wish you didn't leave me. I wish you stayed. You left me when I needed you the most. And I realized that that was my subconscious telling me that I needed closure, whether that was confronting him or just seeking it on my own. That's what I did. And I started to find closure by myself first. I did a lot of therapy and I wrote a lot. I wrote in my journal lots and lots. Um, And while I was starting to feel better and like I was starting to close doors, I still felt like I just wouldn't be able to heal unless I understood why Jack did what he did. I swore that I would never contact him again or speak to him. And when people would ask me about him, I would literally say, like, fuck him. He can literally eat shit. But then I decided to call him one day. And I reached out and I texted him and I was like, hey, like, sorry that it's been so long. He did text me a couple times, like, saying, like, I hope you're doing well. And he knew about my hospitalizations within that time. And he was, like, thinking of you, blah, blah, blah. And I was so mad that I just didn't want to even bother replying. I was like, I'm just going to leave it until I feel like I'm at a place to reply or I'll never reply if that's the case. But then I reached out to him one night and I was like, I'd love to talk to you if you're still open to that. Can I call you tonight? And he was like, sure. And so I called him and basically I just like apologized for ghosting. Like I I explained like I needed my time to 
you know, like just heal and stuff like that. Um, and I think that those months of no contact really did help. Having that conversation with him was a huge relief for me. It felt like the little bit of closure that I needed. I think that the timing was perfect and that I needed that time to just like process what had happened in order to reach out to him later in like a mature and settled way. But I also really wish that I didn't spend so long holding on to that grudge and filling my heart with so much hate. I think a huge part as to why I was so sick during those months was because of how many negative emotions I was feeling and how I wasn't really allowing myself to emotionally heal. One of you guys asked me how long is it too long to hold on to a grudge against someone. And I just want to tell you guys the story of this one time that a motivational speaker came into my school in grade six. Her name was Eva Olson and she was a survivor of the Holocaust. So there was this assembly where she spoke about her experience being in a concentration camp, um, dealing with the Nazis and having been separated from her mom and her dad and literally almost watching her mom die. And one thing that I really took away from that talk and one thing that really stuck with me was the fact that Eva said that she doesn't hate the Nazis for what they did. She said that hate is such a heavy word and such a heavy feeling to carry in your heart that there's no point in wasting your time and energy on it. She said that life is too short to hate people even after all the wrong that they did. And I fully agree with that. And while I made that a promise to myself to never actively hate someone to that degree, my emotions still got the best of me sometimes and the situation with Jack was one of them. I think that after having spoken with him, I realized that his decision actually had nothing to do directly with me and it was more so just him protecting himself. I saw this quote one time that says, how people treat you is only a reflection of what they're going through and how they're feeling. And that actually changed my hate for Jack into sympathy. And I realized that what he was battling and what he was going through, you know, just thinking about having to deal with his girlfriend literally dying in a hospital bed was probably an insane amount of stress. And at the end of the day, he was just trying to protect himself. So I no longer hated him. I actually felt really bad for him and everything that my situation put him through. And I learned to move on from that and to replace my feelings of hate for feelings of empathy instead. For a while, I had this mentality that nobody should ever leave someone in the way that Jack left me. I thought that especially while you're going through a health situation like mine, you should try your best to stay with the person and stick it out until afterwards. But then I made the reflection that just the same way that I wish that I could leave this chronic illness of mine behind and walk away from it and pretend like it never happened and just completely disown it, um, other people are going to want to do the same thing. And I think that that's exactly what Jack had to do and what he wanted to do. And it sucked at the time to realize that he couldn't handle it, but just because my situation was too much for Jack to handle doesn't mean that it's going to be too much for another person to handle either. People leave for a variety of different reasons, and one of them is outgrowing people. One of you asked me, how do you no longer feel guilty for outgrowing someone? And I think I have the perfect analogy for that. So think of the process you go through when you buy a pair of shoes. You see them in the store, you really like them. Then you decide to try them on. You think, oh my god, these are so comfy, they look great, they're a perfect fit, and you buy them and you take them home with you. After a season of wearing them and building really amazing memories in them, you start to kind of wear them out and they kind of don't fit you as nicely anymore. And you realize maybe it's time to buy a pair of new shoes for the coming season. 
And so you just kind of chuck those in the back of your closet and you start breaking in a new pair of shoes. I think that same analogy applies to outgrowing friendships and relationships. Because who you once thought was a perfect fit for you is no longer, and that's okay. I had this one best friend in high school, and for the purposes of this story time, we'll call her Grace. And Grace was a part of my friend group of four people for about three years. And so her and I were really close, and we did a lot of things together, but I never really liked Grace. She would say things that really put me down, and I felt like whenever I was with her, I was like walking on eggshells. But because she was a part of this friend group, I really had no choice but to be friends with her. And I was really, really close with the other two people. And I kind of just sucked it up. And every single time that she would say anything kind of hurtful or mean, I would bite my tongue and swallow my pride and just kind of sit there quietly. She was actually very much a bully. And everyone in my friend group later on confessed that they felt the same way about her. But my point is, I wish that I had stuck up for myself sooner A huge reason as to why I remained friends with her for so long was because I also was very worried about being alone. And at the time, she was my only girlfriend, really, because my other friendships with everyone else had kind of fallen apart. So I said, like, if I don't have Grace, then I don't have anyone. And I decided to remain friends with her. But after our hangouts, I realized that I would come home feeling really shitty. I would literally feel like somebody sucked the life out of me and completely drained of my energy. So after realizing that, I talked to my mom about it and I told her, like, this is how I feel every single time that I hang out with her. She's really mean. She says really mean things. She's very controlling and she's very much a bully. And my mom said to me, what are you afraid of? And then I told her, I'm I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid that I won't have any friends. And she said, Bao, Grace isn't even being much of a friend right now. So what are you really losing? And that's when I realized, oh my God, she's right. So I made the decision to cut her off completely. I gave her an explanation. I told her, listen, you're not really serving me anymore. I don't know how this friendship is really benefiting me. And to be quite honest with you, I think you're really mean and you make me feel really bad about myself. And her reaction was to completely hate me and to completely shit on me for the rest of my days. So she clearly was very hurt about the breakup and never really was able to reflect on why that might have happened or why I might have made that decision. But Regardless, I was no longer friends with her and I already felt better. For many months, I didn't have any friends at all other than Jack. Um, And that was because COVID was happening and everything was online. So I wasn't able to meet anyone post high school. But at the same time, I felt a huge relief. And I felt like all of this toxic energy was lifted from my life. And what I'm getting at here is that both Jack and I ended up doing what was best for us and what would protect our energy. I honestly think that at the end of the day, your energy is too precious to waste it on people who don't recognize that. And in my case, being friends with Grace was just taking too much of me and making me sacrifice too much of my core values. Now, going forward, this is something that I worked with a therapist on a while ago, but I made a list of core values and things that I live by. And when I'm making new friendships or starting new relationships with people, I refer to that list and I ask myself, do they align with these values and do they add something to my life? If the answer is no, it doesn't mean that I close the door on them completely. Sure, they can still be in my life, but like I'm not going to welcome them in a way that I give my energy 100% to them. And it's really rare for me to find people that align with them 100%, but when I do, I'm not even kidding you, I give my all to them. So to answer that person's question, no, I don't think that you should ever feel guilty for doing what's best for you. 
outgrowing someone is at the end of the day recognizing that they're no longer serving you and they're no longer adding anything to your life. And then you're one step closer to finding someone who has everything that you're looking for. I genuinely think that breakups are one of the best things that you can possibly go through because 99.9% .9 of the time, people make the most epic comeback of their lives after a breakup. Obviously, there's like a really long period where once again, you sit in that depression hole, but once that's over, you start to remember who you are and you start to get that confidence back. And also, there's a little bit of like spiteful energy there that you really want to like bounce back to show your ex or your ex-best friend or whatever like, look at me thrive. And I think that that breakup with Jack was a huge push for me to bounce back. It also motivated me to get out of my anxious attachment style and to find a way to be secure within myself and to be happy with who I am. So obviously I know that breakups really, really suck and they can bring you to really dark places. I do think that there's always light at the end of the tunnel and the light is actually brighter than you may think. Once you make that decision to get out of your depression hole, and to start working on you, that's when things get really, really good. At the end of the day, as long as I've learned something or grown from the experience of having someone in my life, that's all that matters. Even if the relationship was absolutely horrible, you can always take something away from it. Whether that's something that you learned that you will never tolerate in someone else, or you guys just had really good memories and you appreciated your time together, I think there's always just something really good to take away from it. And I always remind myself that sometimes people come into your life for just a season and they always serve a purpose. It's just a matter of finding out what that is. So from here on out, I'll keep the door wide open for whoever wants to leave, they can leave. I'll even ask them to close the door on the way out. I'm not gonna force anyone to stay in my life if they don't wanna be. Feeling like someone's only there because they feel obligated to be there is a really shitty feeling and I don't feel like that's fair to them nor myself. So if they want to go, I'll honestly encourage them to go. And if they come back, which they always do, I'll give them a second chance because I do believe in second chances. One of you asked for my opinions on being friends with an ex after a breakup. And honestly, I think that's completely up to you. Once again, as long as that friendship is serving you something and you feel like it's beneficial to you, then by all means, be friends with them and maintain that relationship. But if it's just keeping a door open that's causing you stress and anxiety and making you feel uneasy, then it's just not worth it at the end of the day. I personally love to be on good terms with people and I do my best to leave things that way. But if the situation doesn't allow for that, then I'll find my own ways to create that peace. Looking back on it now, I barely even remember those months that came after the breakup with Jack. So I think that's really proof that time does heal all wounds. And after a certain amount of time, you even forget what having that person in your life was really like. Kind of like my butthole, honestly. Like, I literally forget what taking a shit out of my ass feels like. It's just a matter of time before you get used to life without them. So there you go, you guys. That's a little bit on how I feel about breakups with friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, partners, etc. Remember what I said about your energy and how that's the most precious thing and precious gift that you can give to people. Be wise with how you share that and who you spend it on. You don't get it back at the end of the day, especially when you have a chronic illness. You know, I always say that I will not waste my spoons on people that are not deserving of them. And I shouldn't feel guilty for that. And neither should you. Make sure that you guys follow me on Instagram. It's Paula Sojo Row. It's actually Soho Fun Fact, but it's Paula Sojo Row. 
Um, and follow me there because I'm doing questions of the week. So like this week's episode, I'm answering some of your questions and next week's will be the same kind of format. I don't know what the topic will be yet, but we shall see. Take care of yourself, you guys. I'll see you next week.